on this episode of Connected, we review Pepcom, the digital experience, a preview of CES and holiday gift giving. Also, interview with Mark Peterson. All this on Connected. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Connected, Episode 8, Pepcon and Beyond, recorded September 15th, 2016. Hello and welcome to AV Nation TV's Connected, Everything IoT. I'm your host, David Danto, coming to you today from the Pepcom Holiday Spectacular, which is a press and analyst only trade show to show some of the newest devices that are going to be coming on the market in the near future around the holiday time even though it's September as I'm recording this. Before I get to that though let's talk a little bit about some of the things that happened last week as I'm recording this uh, the iPhone 7 was introduced and the iPhone 7 did away with the standard headphone jack. With Apple planning to charge $159 for their AirPods, there are a lot of people thinking that that's a pretty wacky price for a product that isn't very new or a good idea. Take a look at how Conan lampooned it. Personally, I'm not a fan of removing the headset jack. I think that any standard connector is better than any new proprietary scheme. But even beyond that, $159 for wireless headsets, when you can get a pair that looks like this from Plantronics for around $100, um, and they already have a wire so that you won't lose them and they won't fall into the sewer grate, I think is a much smarter idea. Um, and it could have been accomplished without removing the headset jack and taking that convenience away from people. Uh, I'm of the opinion that might be a decision that they eventually reverse. So it's going to be an interesting strategy to see how many people are looking to put earbuds in their ears that may or may not be very good quality that uh, are being built on spec by Apple. Good. So let's take a look at some of the IoT devices that we're seeing demonstrated here today that will be hitting the market around the holidays this year. Hi, this is Kristen here with iDevices at Pepcom and we're here to show you some of their new products for a smart home. So first is the switch which works with a number of different home items like your lamp, your microwave, toaster oven, TV, and in this case your Christmas lights. So you just pair it up with their mobile device and then you're able to control turning it off or on right from your phone. You could do it through the buttons or they do voice commands through Siri and Alexa. Same applies with their outdoor switch. 
the exact same concept except for different items that you have outside, like a stereo system, outdoor TV, you name it. And it all pairs up with Apple's HomeKit too. So then with Socket, it's different from actual smart light bulbs because it's this right here that connects with the device. So again, I could turn it off and on. And then if I tap right in there, I could also adjust the brightness. And you could set different scenes through the app. And as you'll see here, different rooms. So we're in the living room, then we can move to the nursery. And then last up is the thermostat, which is great because iDevices has the ability to set timers. So if you want to make sure that it's a certain temperature in the morning when you're leaving, and then at night when you're going to sleep, you can do that all with iDevices. Uh, a number of different retailers, but on iDevicesInc.com as well. Hi everyone, my name is Vineet Modi and I'm here with Portal. Portal is the only and first Wi-Fi router designed for crowded urban environments. If you're seeing a lot of Wi-Fi networks on your laptop or your phones, this is the router that's going to solve all your problems. This router can work, it's the only one that's certified by the FCC to work in bands that no other router can work in. This router has, if you see right there, we're in the show called Pepcom. In this show, no one can get Wi-Fi. We're streaming 4K videos uh, in this show. Uh, we're able to do uh, uh, speed tests. We're able to do all these things in such a crowded environment. If you have a lot of gadgets at home, this is the router to go buy. So this, uh, you can go to portalwifi.com. This is available on Amazon starting next week, and uh, it's $199. Thank you. Hi, this is uh, Dean Finnegan. I, I am the uh, CEO of uh, SwitchMate Home. We are the company that has finally brought smart technology to every home in America with no installation. You literally buy the product, take it out of the box, it instantly magnetically attaches over an existing light switch. You download our app, it takes about 15 seconds to download the app and you have a smart home. Now when you walk in your home, your lights will come on automatically. You can turn your lights on and off from your phone. You can set timers for the lights to go on and off at certain times. When you're on vacation, you can set it on random and the lights will come on at different times so people think you're home when you're not. So basically we have taken a product that until now has been a niche that required custom installation and made it available to every household in America. It's $39.99 and it's available in every national retail account in the US and I mean every. 18,000 storefronts by October. So that's uh, Target, Bed Bath Beyond, Walmart, Home Depot, Kohl's, Macy's, Costco, uh, Office Depot, Office Max, the list goes on and on. And this will be your only product in the space? Or no, we will be, this is our, lighting is the number one usage profile in home automation, so we're starting with this. But by January, you'll see seven new products from us remote access, cameras, receptacles, and a lot of other things. I, I don't want to talk about this early. Do you have a website people can get information? We do. Go to myswitchmate.com or buyswitchmate.com. Hi guys, I'm Zoe Revis here with Dealing. And today we're talking about our brand new full HD 180 degree Wi-Fi camera. This is the latest in our home security line. Great thing about this camera is it's the full 180 degrees. So for those most competitor cameras offer about a 120 degree field of view. 
With this really, you get the most bang for your buck at the full 180, so it offers about a 50% more field of view. Also has the 1080p video quality, so really that crisp, clear detail that you need with the home security. Another great feature is the micro SD card slot for local recording. So most people with their local recording, they not only want to be able to view live from anywhere with the MyGLink app, but you can also view recorded footage. So with this, it has the responsive recording. You can view live, uh, record 24-7 with the micro SD card slot, or do responsive recording with the sound and motion detection trigger. Last but not least, the sound and motion detection, like I mentioned, as well as 16 feet of night vision. And last but not least, we actually also have the Wi-Fi signal LED. So great for positioning in your home. If it's too far from your router, it'll actually turn orange. And all of this is available for $159.99. Uh, can you access everything with your MyGLink app from anywhere on your phone, tablet, or computer? This is available now. Hi, it's Scott Franklin here from Ventiv. And we've got a uh, variety of new products I'd like to share with you. So we've got a line of new hubs um, that we've designed as the Internet of Things comes uh, into being. You're going to need more and more power to keep those things operating. Uh, for the, uh, the Road Warrior, we have the RQ600 is what we call this. Uh, this comes with a five-foot cable. How many ports is that? Wait a minute. This has six ports. Six devices. Six right. devices. Are they all the same? This one here has a... Uh, Qualcomm Quick Charge 3.0 dedicated port. So for all the latest Android phones that have the Snapdragon chip, this will charge the device as fast as possible. And then we have five additional ports, all sharing a little over seven amps. So you can charge your iPhones, you can charge your iPods, whatever you want, your mouse. Uh, it all can be recharged right here on your desktop. Throw this in your travel bag. It's all you need to keep everything powered up on the go. Uh, for your home office or your desk, uh, we have what we call here is the uh, Charge Hub S500. And this here has two additional ports. You plug in your lamp, you plug in your laptop, plug your monitor, whatever you want. We brought the power off the wall behind your desk onto to the top of your desk. You also have two, uh, excuse me, three USB ports here. So you can charge your devices. They have a place where you can keep them. Uh, you can do it either vertical or horizontal. So you've got the spot to keep your uh, to keep your devices, and you can and you can charge them as well. What are the list prices for those? Uh, this the S five hundred goes for fifty nine ninety nine, and the RQ six hundred goes for forty nine ninety nine. Where can I get them and find out more about? Uh, them? Best place to get them is on Ventive.com. And as you can see, I'm back in my office right now, uh, leaving Pepcom for a minute. But I was joined at the show by a, an old friend and a colleague, an industry colleague of mine that I'd like to introduce you to, Mark Peterson. We're both uh, refugees, uh, uh, escapees from the financial services industry. Mark, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody what you've done and uh, what you're doing now. Hi, David. Yes, I'm from Shen Nelson Wilkie. I'm now um, an associate uh, here and I'm doing a unified collaboration and uh, the corporate industry, but uh, you and I both have a, a quite a, a interest in the consumer market, and that's I guess why we we saw each other again. Yeah, ma ma I ran into Mark at the at the Pepcom event that you've been looking at, and and he and I also ran into each other at CES last year, and he's one of the few other. AV industry people, I mean, I've been doing this thing for nearly four decades, and, and, and uh, you've had, you know, maybe not that many, but quite a number of years in the AV industry as well. And I don't really see a lot of other AV people looking at some of these technology forums. So what do you get out of CES and, 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 and these Pepcom, these uh, smaller industry shows, and, and tracking what's going on, not just in AV technology, but in technology in general? 
Yeah, well, first, I, I try to, I'd say it's a little bit like meditation. I try not to force myself to think too hard about particular trends in analysis and try to get myself immersed as, as a consumer, right? And it's almost like piling everything in the middle of the room so then figuring out what is it that's really kind of interesting to me, what's what's compelling to me, and then looking at that and reflecting back as if what why is that of particular interest to me? And it could be things like we saw at the show, uh, the ability to make beer, right? In a single container. Um, used to it requires all this massive process, and now you, people are buying this kit to be able to do it at home. And so, well, why? You know, and what why is that of interest to to particular people and why does that make uh, make me perk up, right? Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm looking at, because I think the concepts about problem solving and creative problem solving uh, transcend a particular industry, and they require a sense of understanding of the, the needs of the user. And that kind of helps me to discipline what my requirements are, which is to look at what, what am I trying to solve? What, what are the needs that I'm trying to solve? And, and attending things like CES and looking at, you know, new technology entrants and crowdfunded pieces, that helps you in, in that longer vision that's also AV applicable? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you see at one side, um, you know, very traditional displays, right, on sale, and and that's like, well, okay, that's that's been done. So it's more about um, things that you didn't really think about, like for example, augmented reality at that show. Great example of using um, a drone, but incorporated into an augmented environment. So. And yet, so why why is that important? Well, you're taking a device that is three-dimensional in real time, but recreating gameplay because you have the augmented situation. Now we all know, and Pokemon was a big case of this, this is where we're going. This this process of integrating two different types of technology is exactly the kind of thing that makes your mind start thinking, well, how can I use that process myself? How is that engaging or, or the reverse? How is it not working? I mean, just as equally well, when I walk that floor, David, it's about what I don't think is really, really going to make yeah. a lot of sense, like uh, a, a, an app to track my travel, right? And what seat I need. I mean, sorry, I don't need that. <laughs> looks and by great. the way, I've, I've, I'm, I'm a very frequent traveler. I've tried that app. It, it goes 80% of what you need, but then doesn't do the rest. So it's, it's like, no, that's not data that I need. I, I coined a phrase. Uh, one of my blogs about two years ago, uh, the IOUT, the Internet of Useless Things. One of the things yeah. from yesterday that we saw, and I had a lot of very nice people in a nice company, and I don't really want to throw them under the bus, but they're making a mug that is battery powered that can keep your coffee hot or cold. And I yeah. started talking to the guy about that. And that's Bluetooth, by the way. It's Bluetooth capable. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how you Bluetooth to a coffee. But, all right, so if I if I put a cup of cold coffee by my bedside by the morning, could it have it warm for me so I could wake up to hot coffee? No, I can't do that. Um, all right, well, what if I, you know, what if I want to chill, chill a beverage down? No, it really can't. Do. Well, what does it do? Well, if you, want, if you want to go from your Starbucks to your desk and it takes you 20 minutes, it'll keep your coffee hot. A thermos will do that, and it doesn't need Bluetooth. Right. So right. you you run into so many people that come up with these ideas that are just not practical, and because of crowdfunding, there is now a very short ability to get to market. You used to have to convince bankers and investors. Now anybody can go on any crowdfunding site and put these products out there, and there is no marketplace test. It's it's you got to really you know separate out uh, the good stuff from the bad stuff.
Yes. Now, now I wanted to take one example and go a little bit deeper. And this was a switch plate we were talking about a, a little while ago. The ability to take uh, an existing environment like a normal switch, stick this device on it, enable the ability to turn it on and off with your phone. Sounds great. You use the app and you realize there isn't anything there yet, right? It, obviously, you can start to create an environment in which uh, I can approach the door. They do allow that, approach the door and, and it'll turn on. But what are my trends? How am I going to use the information? And I think what this goes back to is this concept around decision-making, right? We are by nature binary people. And what happens is if we get too much information, we start to shut down and become passive. And I think this is a real problem and challenge with Internet of Things is we're gonna throw a lot of data at people and it's not, you can't just do a graph. You have to engage in the information, right? This is a sense of disfluency that uh, Dunning did it in uh, Smarter, Faster, Better, right? It's like, I need to be able to manipulate the information and create an experiment. What happens if I do this with this information? And now I make a cognitive process and I can change the way I do things. And that's why it goes back to what's happening in our collaboration environments, is we learning that this information overload or even data, like I have a, a sleep app, right? And it shows me all the trends of how my sleep is. <laughs> but the question is, what happens if I do this with that information? That's where it starts to be powerful. And the requirement then goes back to metadata analysis and how fast we can retrieve all that data and then put it in front of the user so they can make a make a make you know an effective decision. And I think that's really where the challenge is going to be. And then how do we manipulate that information at various levels, senior executives or an IT person? How do I change factors in real time based upon my needs and see an outcome and make analysis and i think that's really what we need to be able to do yeah and and it's i i don't want to take anything away from that switch company because we have a demo of him earlier that you that, that the viewers of this uh, uh webcast have seen i actually think it's a really nice product and you're talking about a double-edged sword where you're absolutely right that once you have the ecosystem working how do we understand the data how do we manipulate the data how do we insert it and combine it and come up with things that we didn't have before to help us save money, be more productive, be smarter, sell better. But on the other hand, and I've been following the lighting, IoT lighting trends for the last two years, this is the first one that actually is easy. I've unwrapped replacement switches. You know, I'm an, I'm an electrical engineer. I can wire the electricity in my house. I've done it a million times. And I unwrap the switch and I go to wire the new one up and it needs true earth ground. What do you mean it needs true earth ground? I've got ground on the box, not good enough. It's got to have that fourth wire. So in order to put in this 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 2995 switch that my Amazon Echo can control, I need to bring in an electrician and rewire all the wiring in my house. The barrier to using it is too hard. And you find yeah. that for a lot of these devices. So some combination of ease at the front end and then ecosystem and smartness on the back end is one of the ways we're going to start to see successful use of the big data um, and really get the promises of IoT met. Yeah, yeah, but of course you have to have those data engines. I mean, I think this whole thing about extract, transform, load not working and having to get into a distributed process and what, how map and reduce is actually going to be effective. I mean, this is what's phenomenal about it is that we're changing not just the way we're perceiving and receiving the information, but how we get it out there, how quickly we can get it out there. So it's so over-encompassing. And I think that what we're seeing in the consumer market is we're getting a lot more data, you know, it's, it's skyrocketing like a hockey stick. And, mm -hmm. and it's, but, but of course, you know, I go back to that same switch. Uh, within five minutes, I was reaching over and, and pushing it, right? Which thank God it has a button so you can push it locally because there's this, you know, plateau or the drop where you say, oh, this is a great idea. But then the reality is no, right? Do I really need to do that? <laughs> or how frequently do I need to do it? Or how does it integrate with my other processes? How do I make it a full full experience? Um, yeah, and, and it, they had, here's another example. Um, I talked about the beer. Uh, 
you go over to the to the refrigerator, no, to the washing machine and dryer, and they still have an extremely smart washing machine, an extremely smart dryer, but not a washing machine dryer. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, the industries have been around forever, and they haven't. No, they know they can figure that one out, right? You know, you're not fooling me. You can make a washer dryer. Do it. I mean, if they're making beer over here in a thing, you know. That's an amazing process. <laughs> you can't make one device that does that. So I think in some ways there's this, you know, this resistance to to markets from the larger companies that, but you know, you know, that's Maytag, right, or or GE or whatever who's doing them. And and so I I kind of wonder about, you know, those markets aren't seeing the kind of infiltration of innovation that I think probably could be beneficial. But we're going to start to see disruption maybe around the edges and not the huge manufacturing companies to start with. But somebody is out there making a combination washer-dryer, and they will crowdfund it. Um, and, you know, if enough of them are popular enough and if they actually work, it can put the uh, the, the, the washing machine and dryer business out of business. That That's the that's the disruption, you know, the, 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 the being Uberized. You know, the, what's happened to the taxi industry or what Airbnb has done to the temporary lodging industry. A better idea has the opportunity of making it to market around existing stalwarts. And that's another reason that I really stay on top of the consumer market and a lot of the IoT, because you never know where this next innovation is going to come from. And and all of a sudden you see people using Waze, you know, as an example, as, as driving. Where did that come from? Well, you have to kind of stay on the market and understand the, the emerging technology in order to start to see fits for it and where it would go. And that, I mean, I, I've, I find it very invaluable. I've even started to book my CES travel. It's September now, you know, we're going to be there in January and the prices are absolutely insane for that travel. I don't know if you've looked at it, but you know, $800 for a hotel room and a thousand dollars for coach coast to coast. Um, they're really, they're really nailing it to us techies, but uh, it's an important show to be at, to understand where these things are coming from. Oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. It, it gets overwhelming, though, right? And I think you kind of have to pick your pick some areas that you're going to have uh, as your as your as your point is the most influential point. I mean, a year ago, I really wanted to get into health uh, health tool, you know, health devices and my health monitoring. Big, big, big. But now I'm looking at it going, nah, maybe not health this time, right? Maybe it it doesn't have that sense of attraction. And, and again, I try to put aside the you know, the theoretical about uh, business or communication on a corporate level and think about myself as a person, right? And let my own heart kind of drive the, the, the areas of interest because I think that gets me a better sense of, of what, what everyone around me is doing as well. But it is tricky to go through a show like that or even the show we went through and not get kind of, you know, swayed away in, into a certain uh, into a certain corner, uh, whether it is, is looking at a drone or or perhaps, as you said, uh, looking at this coffee cup. Uh, but the thing about the coffee cup is it did it did a precise degree. That was the thing about it. You could get the exact degree. So, but I actually am a coffee uh, person. I do my own roasting and coffee. And and the question is, is, is reality is if you really know about this, you actually want the coffee to change temperature because it changes flavor forms as you do it. And you actually don't want. So I don't know if they actually did enough work. <laughs> on on the value there that and ultimately ultimately that comes down to why um i enjoy it in addition to finding it useful for my job because i'm a nerd i'm a geek i'm a techie you know i was at the star trek convention earlier this year I hate to admit that but my first one and i went we enjoy it for what we get out of it ourselves and then it has this application as well for what we do in the industry and that's what looking at it from that eye that you point out very accurately how would this affect me um and, and how would I be moved by this technology or this device or the system or this data? 
and then applying that to our clients and customers is one of the ways that we're really able to take the edge and stay on top of what is a tremendous bleeding edge. You know, kids being born in hospitals today have more knowledge about technology than we have amongst all of our years in the industry. We have to keep playing catch up. So uh, it's an interesting space. Why don't you give us like a minute or two uh, what you're doing now, uh, Chen Milson-Wilkie, and how people would get in touch with you if they wanted to. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, um, as I said before, I'm involved in the uh, corporate market. So and in that vertical, uh, because of my experience previously at Morgan Stanley. So I'm looking at that as well as end user uh, connections, as opposed to most of the work we get is through architectural huge projects. And we're try I'm trying to get in again to the point of what, what as, as an end user of this technology uh, is going to be important to me. And then the other part is unified collaboration. Um, and that's that's kind of key because it's, it's it crosses over all the various, even though we're multidisciplinary, <laughs> it itself is multidisciplinary. So that's where I'm again creating uh, opportunities for for companies to look at the way that they're doing their planning, office space planning, for example, you know, are they, you know, asking questions that may have been left off of that discussion when they initially said, "Oh, we want conference rooms." Well, have you thought through how you're going to make that huddle room work with the conference room? What's the underlying story? And that's the shift I think we're seeing in the in the consultant role is more upfront, hopefully, involvement in trying to look at this larger holistic picture because the cost points are you know driving down. There really isn't any room at, at the installation point for, for consulting services. There's really no need. It's to avoid the traps and avoid the situations. I would say also, though, it seems like the huddle room still has this, there's a lot of learning to be done. People are wanting soft-based solutions and it's still very volatile. It's volatile at, at, at a lot of different points. And one of them is the PC and creating an ironed out environment for the PC. So there's space there that I think is gonna quickly wrap up. That's quickly kind of getting to a point of, of solidity so that you know the people that used to be traditionally AV now are seeing that they can move over to an IT solution and, and have it be fairly ironed. So I'm doing that kind of work, David. Terrific. And, and I, I, I certainly I echo what you do, and I'm sure we have some overlap with what we do, but I'm uh, um, uh, constantly trying to talk to end users and clients about, no, I'm not going to sell you a piece of technology. Please don't come to our guys and ask me for a design for a room or a video system because you're already lost. You're already going to be two years from now asking the same question and unhappy. I want to talk to your end users. I want to find out what the needs are. I want to create an ecosystem for you where a meeting is a meeting is a meeting, regardless of the tool set you're using. So when the next seven tool sets hit the market next week, we can evaluate them based on do they work with everything you already own and do they meet the needs? I mean, you were talking about you know the, the emergence of the PC. I think we, um, HP just a couple of weeks ago released a device they call the Elite Slice, which is the pretty Windows PC meant to sit right on the table in the same form factor as a speakerphone that we used to use for years. And by the way, it is a speakerphone and a data sharing device. So is I don't know if it's a great product or a terrible product. I've got one here, but I haven't you know worked with it yet. But we're going to see a lot more entrance into that small room space going forward. And the only way to know what's really needed is to examine an organization's entire ecosystem and needs and come up with it. So hopefully there'll be more guys like us and less guys doing bid work for technology and, uh, and, and manufacturing companies. Wanted to also point out though, you mentioned uh, that the uh, Am like the Amazon, uh, you know, speaker or speaking ability Echo. of being able to Echo, that's exactly the kind of crossover, right? Because users are expecting that experience in their kitchen in the living room to turn on the lights or to do whatever, and they're going to ask for the same thing in the conference rooms. How, how would yeah, somebody get yeah. in touch with you to get information? 
Uh, well, you can you can email me at mpeterson at smwllc, like limited liability. Uh, that's probably the right way to do it. Find me on LinkedIn. That's a good way too. I'm actually going to be presenting at a, at a couple of conferences uh, coming up at the end of October. There's a, a future uh, office uh, 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 conferences coming up in New York City that I'll be doing. And I'm, I'm also uh, hosting up a end user conference in Boston for collaboration. Terrific. Uh, Mark is one of the few people in the industry that I certainly recommend you reach out to. Very, very smart guy. I understand. Thank you. I've been doing it for years. Um, so thank you for joining me. And, and I certainly appreciate the chat all the time and appreciate your insights. Thank you for being such a great evangelist, David. Really appreciate your work. That's it for this episode of Connected Everything IoT. My name is David Danto, and I look forward to chatting with you the next time.